firerecruitmentaustralia.com. Become a firefighter without wasting years of your life, time, money and effort on things that won't work. Get the facts and what works. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with your host, Brent Clayton. Hey there, it's Brent Clayton from firerecruitmentaustralia.com. Each week I host a free webinar for anyone that's interested in joining the fire service here in Australia. It's a highly competitive intake, so it's important that you know everything you need to know without wasting your time, effort and money and energy on things that won't work. Here's a clip from my recent webinar. So my name's Brent Clayton and I'll be running through the training with you today. So I speak slowly enough so I should be easy to follow and understand So I've got my own sort of unique Australian accent. So this is going to be interactive. I'll be asking you some questions so I can tailor the training better for you. So I'll be asking you questions as we go through and it just works better if um, you join in and everyone answers the questions. I'll use first names only so it's sort of anonymous in that way. Uh, so yeah, if you can just join in, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm going to cover as much as I can in the time that we've got together today. And if you want more help, I'll show you where you can get that towards the end of the training as well. So that's how we're going to roll today. So what I'm going to cover today is the three top areas where people fail when attempting to become a firefighter. So the first one is aptitude or psychometric cognitive testing for fire services. And what we want to do here is go from um, having poor results, worrying and failing, to being able to approach these tests with confidence and basically pass. Uh, the next subject that I'm going to cover for you today is personality profiling. So we're going to look at the firefighter profile and how to approach this psych test so that you don't have to fail it like thousands of people do every year. So that's the second subject I'm going to cover. And the third one is the fire service interview. So the shift we want to make here is go from lacking in confidence and failing to nailing it and landing in the top few percent of applicants. So that's the journey for today. So after today's training, if you like, I'm going to make available the course outline and an audio recording so you've got something uh, to refer to on your journey through the recruitment process. So if you can just let me know in the chat box again if that would be helpful. Um, yeah, just chuck it in the chat box there. I'll give you a few seconds. And also, if you think that would be helpful, make sure just put a note on your bit of paper and remind me at the end of the training so that I can let you know how we're going to get that across to you. So if you could just let me know. Yep, definitely, Jake, not a problem. Awesome. Yep, yes, please. Caitlin, no worries. Thanks, Andre. No worries. So there's a few people that want it, so I'll make that available. All right, so cool. So before we jump into it, I just want to get a gauge of where you're at right now. So what has been the hardest part of the process for you? Uh, if you haven't applied yet or it's your first time, what tests are you most anxious about or do you think will be most challenging for you going through? So once again, if you could just pop that into the chat box, let me know what you've been challenged with or what you think would be most challenging on the way through. If you can type that into the box, that'd be awesome. So is it the aptitude or cognitive test? Is it the interview, profiling? Might be the PAT or the fitness sort of thing. So we've got aptitude, aptitude, profiling the written tests, emotional intelligence, aptitude, interview, interview again, aptitude, interview, cognitive, profiling, first time thinking interview, yeah, awesome, 
Such an unknown personality profile. This is grass because it means we're covering the right stuff. So that's awesome. Thanks, everybody, for talking it in. It makes it a real conversation and gives me a better understanding of where you're at. So before I go into the training modules, I just want to quickly share with you my experience with fire service recruitment. So I still remember the first time I applied, so I know where you're at if you're not experiencing success with becoming a firefighter and how frustrating that can be. So when I when I applied the first time, I remember thinking to myself, I'm a great candidate, I've been in the army, I've managed a workshop at a young age and I've had some experience in business. I thought they'd be mad not to give me a job and I thought I'd just walk in the door, no problems whatsoever. But here's what happened. I got through the first few stages of the selection process. Think back then it was the aptitude, then the psychometric profile, or it was emotional intelligence or something like that. Then the PAP test, then I got to the interview, awesome. But when I went into the interview with confidence, uh, after about a minute of being in there, I could tell that it just wasn't going that well for me. I was struggling to answer the questions and, and frankly really to just understand what it was they were looking for. And you know that sort of feeling when you suddenly get a bit lightheaded your sort of head starts warming up at, because you start to realise that you're losing something that you thought you had in the bag. Well, that was me on the day. So I still remember very well opening the thanks but no thanks letter at my letterbox. I'd just finished work for the day and pulled up at the front of my house to find it waiting for me in the letterbox. I remember how bad that felt, as if my world was crashing down around me. I felt like I was almost a bit faint, to be honest. And it's still one of the most disappointing feelings I've had to date. I think it would be even more disappointing nowadays if it had to come in an email like it usually does. So, yeah, at least they had to send me a letter. <laughs> um, so, I suppose once I got out of the disappointment after a while, I still wanted the career. So I thought to myself, I should learn how to smash this recruitment process, but how am I going to do it? So over the sort of next 12 months while I was waiting to apply again, I started researching similar jobs with similar processes and applying to those jobs just to get experience. And it turned out that I learned really quickly and started getting offered jobs I was applying to. I even ended up doing nearly a year with the prison service as a really young, young age sort of thing. So yeah, I got good at it, I suppose. And the great thing for me was that 12 months of hardcore research, practice and real-life experience paid off and I was offered a job as a firefighter. And that's great for me, but we're not here to talk about me all day. But going through this process really got me thinking. See, at the time I thought I was a pretty good guy with some great skills, attributes, experience and a really good personality. So if I struggled so much with this process, there must be heaps and heaps of other great people missing out just because they don't know about the simple processes and where or how to improve themselves enough to get out of the line and get a job offer. So you are my reason for sharing that story, um, this training, and any help that I can. Because if I can save you from having that same feeling I had opening the rejection letter, Thanks, but no thanks. I'll be really happy. And becoming a firefighter can honestly change your life dramatically in so many different ways that uh, that you, you probably haven't thought of yet. Uh, I'll see some questions popping up there. I'll uh, I'll cover them a little bit later, so don't worry about 
that just now. I'll get around to it. So, yeah. Oh, I do have a quick question for you. How many times have you applied? Is it one, two, three or more times or is it just your first time? Just pop it in the, uh, the chat box and let me know. That'd be great. I had seven denials today. Keep getting parcel with testing, but no interview. That is pretty disappointing, mate, but <laughs> I'd love to have it. Yeah, two, two, one, seven, three. First time, first time. This will be my second. I've applied two times already. This will be my last try. Uh, two, two. All right, so we've got a really big range. Two in New South, three in Queensland. All the way, but no offer. That's really disappointing. I've got a bit of an idea on that one, so that's that's. we'll cover that a little bit later. So, aptitude test, known as aptitude, psychometric, and cognitive testing. So, all five services around Australia will have some form of cognitive or aptitude test, and it's the number one killer of applicants. So, just to get you in the, in the sort of mood of it, on the day of your test, you're sitting in the exam room with tens or hundreds of other people, depending on where you're applying. Your heart rate's up, you've got sweaty palms, and you're just a bit nervous. Or you're waiting to take the online test with a similar feeling. You're wondering what questions will come up, if you'll be able to answer them, and if you'll have enough time to finish the test. The biggest thing is you're wondering if you'll be one of the few applicants that comes out on top and progresses, or if you'll be one of the crowd that doesn't meet the benchmark or score high enough to progress through to the next thing. So you get in there and you start to get nervous, you start to feel the stress and you get that sort of sick feeling in your stomach or just up from there. You open the test and you start getting caught out on stupid questions because you didn't know the question types or you've been practicing the wrong stuff or not practicing at all. Um, as you get deeper into the test, you start to feel horrible and you start to sort of spiraling sorry, out of control and you ultimately end up with a poor score or you fail the test altogether. You leave the test feeling really bad and have thoughts running through your head that maybe you'll never get there. It's a really terrible spot to be in and that's just one option. So, Or you can walk in calm and confident you feel prepared and you know your stuff, you get into the test and you start nailing the early answers easily and gathering momentum and confidence. You finish the test with time to spare and confidence that you've smashed it so you can progress to the next level and ultimately become a firefighter. So there you sort of two approaches that you might feel. So aptitude test, what is it and why is it used? So fire services use aptitude testing as a culling tool first and foremost, as well as a profiling tool in some cases, depending on the service that you're applying to. So it's an effective way for them to measure an applicant's demonstrated reasoning, reasoning abilities and their potential success in the role that they're looking to employ a person in. So that's why they use it. But the problem is a lot of a lot of the time applicants have been away from this type of testing for years, which diminishes these abilities and you only get one chance a year if you're lucky. So yeah, that's the problem. I'm just going to run through the top three things. So what not to do unless you're happy to stay in the the 95% of applicants that uh, don't get a job. 
So the first thing is don't just wing it. Don't just wing it unless you were great at school and you've only just finished a couple of years ago. And even then, uh, is it worth the risk? Well, like you might be great at school or great at testing and stuff like that, but each service is pretty specific, so don't just wing it. Number two, don't just practice on any old questions. This is what the other 95% of applicants do. They just get something free off the internet or you know, find questions, get a book from somewhere and practice. That's what they're doing, so don't just practice on any old questions. And number three, don't practice without a framework for quick improvement or proper guidance unless you want to waste a heap of time for really little results. So they're your, your top three things to avoid and look out for. So don't just wing it, don't just practice any old questions and don't practice without a framework for quick improvement and proper guidance. Now, I'll get into the good stuff on how to win and make sure you get the best score that you possibly can. So the top five. First one is know the questions that you'll be faced with for the service that you're applying to or if you can get a bit of a peek at the question types that they've been doing, that's even better. So know the questions that you're going to be faced with. Number two, ensure that you've got a test-taking strategy so that on the day you know exactly how you're going to approach the test and smash it. So that's number two. Number three, know the environment so you can be efficient. So know the environment that the test is going to be taken in. So whether that's a test room or it's computer-based or it's in your own home office, so know the environment that it's going to be in so that you can be efficient. Because being in an unfamiliar environment adds unwanted stress and it's just going to affect your score. It's just that simple. So number three, get familiar with the environment that the test is going to be in and make sure that you're comfortable in that environment. Number four, make sure that you've not only figured out what questions you're going to face, it's good to know them, but make sure that you've uh, figured out it you're going to be able to answer the questions with ease so that you've got a framework for the question types and that you know that you're going to be able to answer the questions with ease. This will increase your confidence and enjoyment on the day because knowing that you've already won can be very enjoyable. I know tests aren't enjoyable, but when you get to a, a point where you sort of know that you can smash it, it is a bit nicer. So number five, identify your weaknesses early and make them into strengths before an attempt that sees you sitting on the sidelines for a, a year or more. So just going to recap the three things you must not do. So don't just wing it. Don't just practice any old questions. And don't practice without a framework or a strategy for quick improvement. Uh, the top five things that you want to do to make sure that you, you smash it. So know the questions that you'll be faced with, the specific types of questions. Sure that you've got a test-taking strategy so on the day you know how you're going to approach the test. Know the environment the test is going to be in and make sure that you can answer the questions. So it's good to know them, but make sure that you've got your own way of answering them nice and quickly and confidently. Number five, identify your weaknesses and make them strengths before an attempt that sees you on the sideline. So here's an example of what happens when you get this right. So here's a guy named Trent from New South Wales rang me up about a year and a half or more ago it's been now. He'd been trying to get a job with Farm Rescue New South Wales and he was ready to give up when he came across my website. So we had a bit of a chat about his situation he told me that he'd applied five times or five years that he'd been trying 
and that he just couldn't get past the testing phase of the aptitude component for New South Wales. So he asked me if there's some way that I could help him and I thought absolutely that I could help him. So I got him to go through the framework I just spoke about. We worked with heaps of specific questions, worked with him on a test taking strategy and a system for rapid improvement. And um, I remember getting a call from him while I was doing some work one day, he was nearly jumping through the phone. He'd passed the test, but not only had he passed it, he'd smashed it to pieces and he'd got himself into the band that he needed to be in to progress through and um, get offered a position with uh, Fire and Rescue New South Wales. So that is a pretty good achievement. Here's a couple of pictures of Trent on his march out day, something that he was about to give up on just a few months earlier. Looking pretty happy with himself. And the reason I use this particular example is because it's a person that could have saved five years of anguish in the process as well as someone that was ready to forget about the whole thing just because they didn't have a system to get the improvements uh, needed. So that's why I like to share this example. Um, right, so you've heard the theory, I've told you about Trent and you've learned about aptitude testing and what not to do, so let's just have a quick check in and talk about you for a minute. Which one of these mistakes have you been making and how has it held you back? Is it not practicing the right questions, not having a strategy, not being able to improve rapidly on your weak spots, how has it held you back? If it's your first application, which one of these do you think would help you most? I'll just give you 20 seconds to pop it in the question box. I can see some questions popping in there now. Um, I'll be doing a Q&A at the end, so um, if you can save them up for that, that'd be awesome. Um, Chris, I'll get to you at the end, mate. That's no worries. Uh, winging it, not practicing the right questions. Andre, not knowing the questions. I reckon that's a massive one. First applications, I'd like to know what questions are practiced. Yep. Nick, knowing the specifics, of course. Uh, wrong questions, not studying correct questions, getting prep on any old, absolutely. Not getting a high enough score on the supervised test, for sure. So that's about keeping up your, your skills on the way through. Not practicing the right questions. Not knowing the question. Abstract, that's a big one. Not knowing the questions. Improve rapidly. Yep, there's one in there about the QFES, a specific one that mixes them up. They do, that's for sure. Didn't sell myself in the interview. Yeah, awesome. All right, cool, that's great. So we're gonna move on and like I said, um, there'll be time for Q and A at the end and I'll try and get as many questions as I can answer there, so yeah. All right, so, Suppose you can you can do nothing, wing it, keep trying, hoping and guessing, or you can um, learn to master the aptitude test with a simple plan to get you there fast, like Trent. Um, so which way are you going to do it? Uh, I'll just give you 10 seconds to chuck it in the chat box. Which way are you going to do it? Are you going to keep hoping and guessing or find a simple system to get you there fast? If you can just chuck it in, it's a pretty... Pretty uh, self-explanatory question, but if you can just chuck it in the question box, that'd be awesome. Fast, Wayne, good on you, mate, that's awesome. Tony, fast, love it. Excellent. So to make sure we're Jake, fast, Brian, fast, awesome. 
Find the system to get that car. Good on you. All right. Cool. Daniel, thanks, Scott. Thanks, David. Ben, good on you, mate. Jono, awesome. So if you want to learn how to become a firefighter without wasting your time, money, and effort on things that don't work, click on the show notes and sign up for my free webinar or visit firerecruitmentaustralia.com and go to the blog. Thanks for listening to Fire Recruitment Australia's podcast and I'll catch you next Monday for more tips to help you stand out in the recruitment process. You're listening to the Fire Recruitment Australia podcast with Brent Clayton. Visit firerecruitmentaustralia.com.